Instead of hoping you go to the right place or hoping you get the best finance option, you can come our way. And no matter what, we're going to guarantee the best finance option that we would get for ourselves, for our own businesses, and make that recommendation to you. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Hi, Great to Wealth listeners. If you own and manage real estate, maybe you're ready for a lifestyle change. By selling your real estate, of course, you may have to pay substantial capital gain taxes. One option that may help you solve this is to learn about doing a 1031 tax deferred real estate exchange because you may be able to defer all of the capital gain taxes and you could even exchange into a replacement property that may allow you to get rid of all of the headaches that are involved with being an active landlord. My friend Ray Druitt is a managing director with Bangerter Financial Services and his goal is to help you understand all of the rules associated with 1031 exchanges. To learn more, you may call him directly at 801-312-9482. Once again, it's 801-312-9482 or you may visit his website at 1031.bangerterfinancial.com slash 1031 guy. Please be sure to see disclosures in the show notes. Welcome back, my great to wealth listeners. Today's guest is Leo Cannell. You'll actually like him, not because he's likable. He is, but also because he's a very different guest. We've never had this kind of guest before. And one of the reasons why we brought on Leo is because as the lending environment, as the capital markets are in turmoil right now, and that's not known use to anyone on this show or anyone, if you're not living under the stone, under the rock, you know this is a problem right now, that the market is in turmoil. As I'm talking to my coaching students, as I'm talking to my clients, my investors, everyone's worried about where can they get the next loan? How can they access more capital, be it for personal reasons, business reasons, or whatnot. We'll bring somebody who actually specializes in that. Leo has a whole service offering, which around if you have a business need, investment need, he can help you figure out if there's a way to get some loan. And he's not a lender. When we say that he's not a lender in its true fashion, he's not going to be that you're going to be reaching out if you want to buy a home. So he's not a mortgage lender, right? So he's business loan, personal loans, stuff like that is what we're going to talk about. So keep that in perspective when you're listening to Leo. We're going to talk about his story. We're going to talk about why somebody needs those loans and how to access those loans. So keep that perspective in mind. I really believe you're going to enjoy the show. Leo, thank you for coming on the show, buddy. How are you? Very excited to be here and join this conversation with entrepreneurs and especially those with the perspective of the migration process and just their amazing ideology that a lot of people don't always have if they're born in this country. Yeah. So Leo, let's talk about the name of the show, man, Migrate to Wealth. Yeah. When you heard it for the first time, what does that mean to you? When I heard it the first time, I did immediately think of that mentality sometimes that immigrants have or second generation immigrants. And so, for example, some of the top immigrants, there are entrepreneurs that are immigrants that I follow that I absolutely love are, you know, Patrick Bet David had the chance to speak and sponsor and work an event and meet him in person. Alex Hormozzi is another Alex, is, uh, his parents, uh, his dad came from Iran. Uh, PBD came here when he was, I think, 11 or 12. Also from Iran, we've got Elon Musk, yeah. Tesla, SpaceX. 
love Tesla. I drive a Tesla. And so for me, these gentlemen who are immigrants have this different perspective about entrepreneurship, the American dream that isn't always easy to understand if you're somebody that's born in this country. And of course, I was born in this country. My great-grandfather uh, immigrated from Greece, actually, here. Mm -hmm. And my great-grandmother uh, started a grocery store in Salt Lake City, Utah. And so that was kind of my family's first American dream type story that happened in the early 1900s. But that's what I thought of. I thought of immigrants and yeah. that mentality of, hey, I'm going to make it happen. This is the best system in the history of the world to go after your dreams. And anybody can start with nothing and with so much. You're one of the few ones who actually got the essence. It's really about less about migration. It's about the essence of the migration, which is the migrant thinking, right? Migrant being. And you don't have to migrate physically from one place to another to be that. You can actually, just like any other skill, they're not born differently. They just have moved past a barrier in their head, which was most likely a physical boundary that they moved and they put themselves into a very uncomfortable situation. Their will to thrive was bigger than their will to survive. And that's really what makes that, why we hear the immigrant names a lot, a lot of our CEOs, I mean, Sundar Pachali, and all the other guys that you had mentioned, including the women as well, it's not just oh, yeah. to men, it's pretty oh, broad, sure. right? That's really what the show started, that let's bring the migrant thinking back into the world, that how can everyone get benefit from that? So with that context, Leo, tell us your migration story, buddy. And migration, again, is not physical migration. It could be a mental, emotional, spiritual, it could be any kind of migration, because when you move from one place to another, you need some of that grit and the perseverance of a migrant, of an immigrant. That's what we're trying to look from you, Leo. What is your migration story, buddy? Great question. So when I was 19 years old, I went on a Christian mission, a Mormon mission to South America, to Santiago, Chile. Lived there for two years, learned the Spanish uh, language. I didn't know it very much Spanish, but before I went there, knocked on a lot of doors, tried to help a lot of people, had an amazing experience. And when I came back at the age of 21, there was a different understanding of the world and the yeah. opportunities in America. And so from there, I had the chance to start my first business. It was a painting business in college, hired Spanish speaking painters who were so good at painting because I was terrible, yeah. did the sales and marketing. And all of a sudden I realized I love entrepreneurship. I love having the opportunity to control things. And then a couple of years later, started my own uh, mortgage company. Things were going very well. This was 2005 and six. Oh, and then you know, you know what happened? I know where uh, this story later. is going. Yeah, you know I know where the story later. is going. Oh. Yep, 08, 09 happened, a bunch of real estate investments, all the lenders we were using, over a hundred of them went out of business. We went out of business and my real estate investments didn't go so well. And so literally brought to the brink of bankruptcy, blaming ever, the worst economy ever, and real estate was supposed to be the best investment forever. And so that's where I was at for about three years. And eventually I came back to, all right, if it, to succeed, I just need to help a lot of people. What can I help people with that they struggle with? And at the time for me, it was, well, I need to get financing to start a business because all my money's gone yeah. from real estate, from the economy, et cetera, from my excuses. And so, well, all right, well, what does it take to qualify? And so I go to the bank and the bank tells me no. And I start to research and categorize hundreds of hours into what are the options to finance a new business, especially 
if you don't have collateral and all these different things. And so as I went through and started to figure out that formula and eventually was able to secure financing for a business of mine, then I started getting requests from family and friends to get financing for their businesses. And one thing led to another. And in 2014, I said, I'm going to go all in with Mm. being the business funding guy and I'm going to help serve small business owners get money into their hands so that they can grow and start businesses. And for the last nine, almost 10 years, that's what we've done. Been fortunate to serve uh, tens of thousands of small business owners, securing uh, upwards of a billion dollars in financing. Just been very rewarding to be able to serve entrepreneurs and businesses and help them create jobs and products and services that improve lives. That's awesome. So Leo, before we go forward, let's actually go back. Let's go back to 2008-ish timeframe, right? because the emotions were pretty high at that time. People were not thinking about starting businesses at that time. They were trying to just survive. If I recall correctly, folks around me, they were like, where can I find the next job? Let's just stick to the job I have. What made you not give up on the dream of being an entrepreneur? Kind of like go, hey, I'm just gonna go find a job nine to five. I may make a little less money. I may work like a slave, but that's really what I want right now because that's what the stability is. Did that thought cross your mind? I'm I'm actually not sure, so I don't want to assume it did. And if it did, how did you overcome that? The thought definitely uh, did cross my mind. And for about a month, I went out and I got kind of a more of a typical nine to five phone sales job. And I did that for about a month. And I just couldn't stand knowing that no matter how hard I worked, there was going to be a ceiling under me. I wasn't going to have the opportunity to create financial independence. I wasn't going to have the opportunity to create products, to create services, and really control my destiny. And so I tried that for about a month and then eventually went back to working on my own business ideas. I guess I'm one of those people where I'd rather work 80 hours a week for myself versus 40 hours for someone else because there's an opportunity. There's a quote by Jeff Bezos that says something like, hey, there's a 10% opportunity that you can work on something that could absolutely change your life. And it's worth rolling the dice every single time to get that 10% hit. Because when you do hit it, as Mark Cuban says, you just have to be right in business once. You do have to write in business once. You're right. You're right. No, I think that makes sense. That makes sense. And then what were some of the businesses that you were trying at that time? So at that time, I did uh, a little uh, import-export. We started an e-commerce business that helped pay the bills for several years, just importing electronic accessories uh, from China and selling those on Amazon and on eBay. So did uh, that uh, for quite a bit. Also helped because I had real estate investments that were in foreclosure. I started to understand how to do loan modifications and help other people in foreclosure. So I started a little company called Keep My Casa, that would help people be able to modify their loans and keep their house. A lot of those people, if they had lost their house at that point, might have been homeless. And so it was was kind of rewarding to be able to help them because if you pushed back against a lender, they would work out a deal for you. And whether someone saw that as right or wrong, that was the reality for a lot of people. And so we helped a lot of them stay in their house. And then as, as things started changing, I started getting back to how can I give back into lending and finance? And I thought, well, let's go with business owners. This is the struggle that I was facing. And so clearly right. it was a problem that a lot of people had at that time and still have today. That was the problem that I dedicated. Hey, I'm going to go all in with this and solve this problem. Awesome. So Leo, help me understand, what does the lending environment look like now from somebody who's actually in the thick of it? 
right? So compare that to a few years ago, maybe during the COVID time, or maybe before pre-COVID. Help us understand how has the environment changed? Great question. So before COVID, the economy was in really good shape in 2018, 2019, and had a pretty good run before that. And so lending was pretty aggressive to businesses. And when COVID hit immediately for about three to four months, there was a pullback. And then once a lot of the government investment and spending happened and banks were backstopped and there were all sorts of new programs out there, then it really gradually came back to normal. I feel like maybe halfway through 2022, it started to tighten up again. And Mm -hmm. so as it tightened up and then we've seen some bank failures, it's definitely been more conservative for businesses. But a lot of our bread and butter programs haven't pulled back much. They're still lending to 80 to 90 percent of what they were before the pandemic. And so that's that's why it's just so important to be able to understand all of the options on the business finance marketplace in the same way that you might say, all right, if I am accused of a crime, I could try to defend myself or I might get a really good advocate attorney to help me. That's how we look at it. We're your funding advocate. We've been doing this for a long time. Instead of hoping you go to the right place or hoping you get the best finance option, you can come our way. And no matter what, we're going to guarantee the best finance option that we would get for ourselves, for our own businesses, and make that recommendation to you. And Leo, why are people looking at these options? So if somebody wants to work with you and wants to have a funding advocate, what are the situations? Because we know it's not for mortgages. It's not for buying a home. It's not for buying investment properties. That's not you. That's somebody else. So who would come to someone like you? Somebody who wants to start a brand new business, they want to start and become an Amazon seller, or they want to start a a digital marketing agency, whatever the case is, it could be a plumber, it could be an HVAC uh, business, established or new, they need money for marketing, they need money to hire additional employees, they need Mm -hmm. money for equipment. And if they're an established business, they might be profitable and doing pretty well. But if they want to take that next step and grow the business, it's really difficult for them to pay their own personal bills, pay the business bills, pay their employees and team, and be able to have enough money left over to invest in growth. And every business owner knows if you're not growing, at some point you're going to flatline and stop growing. And so it's getting them money to grow. And for a brand new business owner, I haven't seen very many opportunities where you don't need at least five, ten, twenty-five, fifty thousand dollars that you have in working capital to get that business off the ground, to get a good website, to hopefully maybe hire a VA, to do a marketing campaign, to develop a product or service. They need some sort of financing typically to make that happen. Leo, are these loans that they're getting through you, are they recourse, non-recourse? What kind of loans are they? Great question. So these are unsecured financing. Typically, if you do end up not being able to pay them back, they're not going to be coming after your house or your retirement account. It's America, you know, they could always try to, but it's very rare that that happens. So if you go get an SBA loan, which very rarely do we recommend, but sometimes it's a great option for a really well-established business owner, those are secured. You are guaranteeing those. Those are recourse. They can come after your house, your equity, your retirement accounts, et cetera. And so, you know, if you take SBA, that's typically what you're looking at. But with the unsecured financing, 
you're not really risking that to do it. As an example, there was awesome lady from Denver, Colorado. Her name was Tara. She was starting a brand new beauty salon. She'd start saved up $20,000 and she needed another 30, 40,000 to really build out a beautiful facility and beauty salon. And she had this new idea and she had a lot of experience. And so we were able to get her about $70,000 with our business credit card stacking program, 0% interest up to as long as 18 months. She was able to buy the equipment, hire three uh, beauticians, hairstylists at her beauty salon. I bumped into her an event a few years later. She was buying her own building, opening a second location, had 20 employees and had paid all of her funding off at 0% interest during that period. Of course, not everybody's story ends up like that, but I just thought that was an amazing example of how powerful the right business financing can be to create a business and change lives like it did. So Leo, that's an interesting, I think the key, there are multiple things there, but one of the key things there is what you said is 0% interest rate for up to 18 months and a business credit card stack program. Help us break that down for us. Kind of like, what are we talking? Are we talking about getting multiple business credit cards on businesses that each of them have an option to do a cash transfer? What are we saying here? Yeah, great question. And so as a brand new business owner, your options are typically you're looking at a five-year personal loan, you're looking at a business or personal credit card stacking, and maybe if you have an old 401k, you could get a loan there. The way the mm -hmm. card stack program works is most people go to their bank and say, I need $50,000 to start a new business. And the bank's like, no, you don't have collateral. You don't have two years of experience. We're not going to give you a dime. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is then they come to us and we're like, well, hey, great news. We can get you that $50,000. It's going to be across four different credit card lenders. And each one of these credit cards is going to have 0% interest for anywhere from 12 to 18 months. And mm -hmm. together, they're going to add up to $50,000 total so you can get your business off the ground. And so the 0% period will last up to 18 months. After that, it's regular interest rates after that uh, that are typical credit card rates. But most businesses, and this is what we educate them on, there's a difference between debt for personal reasons that Dave Ramsey says to avoid and debt for business reasons where you generate a return, an expected return by taking out that financing. And so for a lot of these business owners, they can go through this card stacking program not to have to have the years of business uh, financial history or any collateral, get the total amount of money they need to get the business off the ground, pay 0% interest, and hopefully pay all of that off during that 0% interest period. If they don't, they can look at doing a second round of card stacking and have another round of 0% interest after that. But a lot of the business owners will get it paid off during that time. And if they don't, the payments are affordable, which is really important. So if you had $50,000 in card balances, you're only looking at about $1,000 a month payment that you're going to be paying on that even after the 0% interest period. And in terms of how you would pay for stuff, most things will take a card, uh, most expenses, but there's some that won't, right? If you need to pay your lease or if you mm -hmm. have payroll for employees, you're going to need cash in the bank account. And so we've actually partnered up with a law firm, the only option I'm aware of that exists in the country. And this law firm will help you liquidate those cards and send the money to your bank account minus a service fee. And that way you can have cash in the bank account for anything that's a cash expense and still be paying that 0% interest rate during that introductory period. 
I love that. So I think there's so much in there. Let's unpack that. So let me try to repeat that to make sure it makes sense to me. And you tell me what I missed. So I think what we're saying is that if somebody were to come to you, in most likely cases, for those folks who are not aware of you, you're not going to be their first funding sources. It's going to be, hey, let me go to the bank loan, right? Which I think we probably figure out if that's the right approach to begin with, especially if you're starting out a new business, because chances are you're going to get no, right? So, but Let's say if you're going with you, you're saying that, hey, you know what? I need about $50,000 to fund a franchise. And I was going to ask you a question if that's available for franchises as well. But let's say there is, and you tell me no later on, that I want to start a franchise that is going to take me a $50,000 worth of investment in it. I come to you and you're like, great. I can't tell you if the franchise is a good idea or not, but I can try and figure out if I can get you $50,000. And what you do behind the scene is you do your magic and you show up with four credit cards and say that, hey, you know what, our options for four credit cards, and say that if you take these routes, you can get 12500 on each of these cards, just equally splitting them on four different business cards. Now you have the $50,000, access to $50,000. And for the first 18 months, it's 0% interest rate. After that, we're looking at a regular card interest rate, and that could be depending on which card we're talking about. So there could be interest rate there. Now what we're saying is what we're trying to advocate is to try and see, ideally, to pay that loan off in the 18 months. But if not, the options are we could stack another four or five different business card credit cards at the end of that 18-month time, and you can roll over your amount into the next set of cards and basically rinse and repeat the same cycle again. What you're saying is that there's also a way that you're maybe, if you want to pay it, the payments are not exorbitantly high. They're higher then your personal loan, I'm assuming, they're not at 2%, 3%. They're definitely higher. So we're looking at, as you were saying, on a 50000 loan, we're talking about $1,000 a month expense, which it is helpful when you're talking about running a business to make sure that your cash flow remains in control while you're growing the business because the cash needs to be injected back into the business a lot, right? So not a bad option, but definitely not for everyone, but not a bad option to consider. And I think, is that really in a nutshell, the program? Yeah, absolutely. That's the program. When a client comes to us, they're looking for financing a new or an established business. We're going to pre-qualify for all the best options. And then they're going to be in the driver's seat to decide which option is going to work best for them. And you're right. It's super important that a business owner understands something. In a book I wrote a few years ago, I dedicated a chapter about uh, business funding called ROL. We're all familiar about ROI. You talk about it all the time with your community of where you can look for an investment and you have a return on that investment. Well, ROL works very similar. It's return on loan or return on line of credit. And so essentially, if you take out a loan of $50,000, well, how much revenue and profits can you generate on that over the next 12 months? And that becomes your return on loan. And the great thing about business is oftentimes you can make a 100, 200, 300% return. And so even if that money costs you as much as 20%, for that year, if you're making 100%, well, 100 minus 20 is 80%, yeah. and you're winning, and you can really measure that. And if you don't have that proof of concept in your business and believe that you can do that, then that's where it doesn't make sense to take out financing until you have that proof of concept, like Damon John of Shark Tank would say. Love that. Leo, who is this program not right for? I think you talked about one is, if you think that I'm going to invest $20,000 in marketing, that $20,000 in marketing is going to give you $100,000 of revenue. If you think versus you know for a fact, one of them is 
if you just believe that that can happen, don't go this route because it's an expensive route, it's a risky route. But if you already know that if you invest, like for example, that's why I use the franchise example, there's enough data in the franchise system to say that if you were to invest $10,000 in marketing, it's going to return X amount. Now there's no guarantees, but there's a very high probability and there's no guarantees left to begin with. There's always probabilities, right? So with that high level of probability, maybe it's the right idea to go explore this option because you know that in the 18 months, 12 to 18 months, there's a path for this loan to be paid off. That's really the goal. It's a starting fund. It's not a sustainable fund because it's an expensive loan and you have to consider that. Now you can keep applying for different cards, but at some point you're going to run out of options to keep rolling the balance. So this is not a way to build your business. It's a way to start your business. Is that correct, Leo? Absolutely. And we love funding uh, franchises and have had the opportunity to work with a lot of franchisees and get them financing. That's a really good point. And that's why 90% of the clients we end up working with typically are not just starting a business on their own out of the blue with an idea they had and just hoping it would work out. 90% of the clients that come through our doors are referred to us by business coaches, consultants, Mm. trainers, who already have a roadmap for success. Maybe it's investing in a type of real estate. Maybe it's going arbitrage with Airbnb properties. Maybe it's an e-commerce system or an online digital marketing business. And there's somebody who's already succeeded and built out a roadmap for that business. And they teach other people how to do that. And so 90% of the clients that come in through our door are referred from these business coaches, consultants, and trainers who have that roadmap. And you're right, without that roadmap and that system already built out, the odds of success would be stacked against the client. But because they're working with an expert who's already done it in a franchise-like type system or even in an actual franchise, the odds are stacked more in their favor. And that's what funding's all about too, right? Can we stack enough odds in your favor so Mm -hmm. that you can get the money you need to grow your business? Can you work with somebody who has a system, a roadmap for success to put the odds in your favor to succeed? And that's probably one of the biggest experiences I learned. Instead of trying to just make things up and figure it out on your own, find someone who already has a map for success and ask them for directions. What keeps you going, man? What keeps you driven to do this day in and day out? Because developing a marketplace like what you're working on right now, it's not an easy feast, right? Because you have to explain to a lot of people what it is. I know you're not validating their funding sources and stuff like that because that's not your job, but you're probably understanding it and helping and advising it. Why are you doing it? I'm doing it because I love entrepreneurs and business owners. They create the products and services that make life better. They create most of the jobs in this country. Small business owners do. It happens often. Sometimes someone's uh, one of our funding managers is out. I love getting on the phone with some of these business owners, understanding their dream and being able to help make that happen for them. Because I know without us helping them do it, a lot of them wouldn't be able to get the financing. Sometimes they think, oh, I've always paid my payments on time. I'll qualify. They go down to the bank, they get declined, they go to the wrong lenders, they get hard inquiries on their credit. With us, they can get a soft credit snapshot. They know all of the options. It's very transparent. And so we can put the odds in their favor to get the money and then to go create a business and succeed. And if you've ever seen that old commercial from Apple that Steve Jobs talks about, the crazy ones who believe they can do things different and make a bigger difference in the world, 
I love helping those type of people. And that's one of my missions is to impact a million business owners in this country and help them grow and create a business, give them confidence, tools, and tactics to succeed. Dear Leo, this has been great, man. Thank you again for taking the time and sharing. What you're doing is phenomenal because I have been in the position where I'm looking to expand. And while I had the funds, I don't want to liquidate it. If an option like that existed for me, I'm like, you know what? I would rather take the risk on the 0% interest rate for 18 months. And while I know I can pay it off if things didn't work out. So that option is a great option. Thank you again for coming to the show. Where can people find you, Leo? sevenfiguresfunding.com is a great place to start or even just the digit sevenfigures.com if you're looking for funding pre-approval option there's no impact to your credit you can find me on any of the uh, social media channels from youtube we've got a channel there instagram linkedin we're very active uh, with content and with our podcasts and so really you can find us anywhere but either be my name leo cannell or sevenfiguresfunding sevenfigures.com and we're there to serve you. Awesome. Leo, thank you, buddy. Last parting questions, man. First question is, if you were to go back to your 20-year-old self, what's one insight you will share which will make their path to migration more intentional? Always be reading entrepreneurial books. One of the biggest mistakes I made in my 20s, and even though I successfully did build a seven-figures business in my 20s, but then eventually went bankrupt, was because I thought I could just figure everything out. And I wasn't looking for mentors and coaches and trainers and people who had succeeded. In 2023, you have so many resources, free YouTube channels, podcasts from real entrepreneurs and people who have built something exactly the way you want to do it that you can follow and receive mentorship without even knowing them personally and grow. Right. And so for me, it would be you should always be reading, always be learning from other entrepreneurs and people who have done what you want to do. Perfect. Great answer, Leo. Thank you again for sharing that. Last question, buddy. Where do you feel there's a gap in humanity right now? Right now, there's so much tribalism and so many different extremes, whether you're on the far right, the far left, whatever the case may be, whatever your beliefs are. And one of the few really good things I felt like I learned in college was I had a professor, Catherine Lindquist, awesome lady. She was super hard on me, but she taught me this important concept of being truly objective. And I remember being in business meetings with a previous business and business partners. And throughout the meeting, they were saying, I think this, I think that. And at the end of the day, nobody cares what we think the market decides, right? The business right. market that I'm trying to serve, that's going to tell me whether I'm successful and in life, we all have our own thoughts, ideas, biases, where we were raised, what we think. And at the end of the day, what we think isn't nearly as important as what's true. And so being able to objectively look at both sides and find that truth, which is usually in the middle, I think that's one of the biggest gaps in humanity right now. And I really hope that people can build a step back and do their best. It's very difficult to put your biases and prejudices aside, but really try to find truth. And then instead of saying, well, it should be like this, or I believe it should be like that. Well, what's the truth? What is it really? And find that truth and then make great decisions to help humanity based on searching for truth and being objective as you assess an issue and both sides of an issue. 
Isn't that the truth, man? Because I think you have to have the courage to listen to both sides. If you're just looking at validation for your own opinions, it'll serve you, but it won't serve you right. Because you're going to keep talking to people and attracting the thoughts that are basically agreeing, you're in agreement with. Well, real growth is really trying to hold two different opinions and then value them equally and then make a forward stride and judgment on what exactly you want to do. That's really where the true growth is. So, Leo, I couldn't agree more with you on that, man. Thank you again for taking the time. Appreciate it. We'll include your information on the show notes below and we'll make sure we'll have you back, buddy, because I think there's a lot to learn from you. There's a lot to learn from funding. People always need money to grow. And as long as they grow in the right direction, we want to make sure that we can help them with that. Thank you again. Hey, man. Thanks so much. My great to other listeners, it is possible that you could defer paying high tax bill by completing a 1031 exchange and invest your real estate capital gains into a qualified replacement property. My friend Ray DeWitt at Bangerter Financials is your single point of contact for 1031 exchanges and tax saving strategies. To learn more, call him at 801-312-9482. That's 801-312-9482. Or visit his website at 1031.bangerterfinancial.com forward slash 1031 guy. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.